Hello and welcome to Climate Breakdowns and How to Stop Them, my new podcast where I take the buzzwords we all hear in our conversations about climate change and I break down what they really mean. So a little background on me to start. My name is Caitlin Breen. I'm Irish and I'm a plant scientist. I studied botany for my undergrad and at the moment I'm doing a master's in climate change, agriculture and food security. So what better time to start a podcast than when I'm really busy. So hopefully that phrase, if you want a job done, give it to a busy person, will come into play and get me to do my college work. (laughs) So that's my area of interest. Sustainable agriculture, obviously food security is really closely linked to that. But outside of my academic life, I'm really interested in sustainable fashion, and just generally living a lifestyle or trying to live a lifestyle with less consumption Uh, but without doing that without having to become a raw vegan who lives on a deserted island and makes her own clothes out of leaves you know i like nike runners and i do not like vegan cheese so if i can do a few things in my daily life to make it more sustainable then i think i can justify the odd pair of Nike runners and keeping normal cheese. <laughs> so for the moment, this podcast will just be me. And maybe in season two, I can invite some guests if we get that far. Um, a bit of the name. So climate breakdowns and how to stop them. I kind of mean that as in the breakdown of ecosystems, uh, personal breakdowns due to the state of the climate and also because my plan for this podcast is to basically take a topic every episode and break it down okay so that's where the name comes from um so yeah we're gonna break down a topic every week uh, or every episode and look at the definition give some background on the concept like where did it come from and then we will look at how that concept is relevant or maybe irrelevant to all of our daily lives. Um, Then importantly, I want to look at some critiques of each concept. Like I feel like whenever you hear about sustainable fashion, it's from a sustainable fashion brand. And whenever you hear about a plant-based diet, it's from your vegan friend, you know? So you're kind of getting a biased perspective there. And I, want to make sure with every topic we discuss that I put in the work to check out any controversies or just questionable parts of it, just any points that are worth noting when we talk about each of these topics, because sometimes something is touted as this cure for all, but when you look into it a bit deeper, it's maybe not the best idea, you know? So that is something I'm going to make sure I do for each section, for each topic. Um, I feel like learning about and talking about climate change can be really intimidating at times. Like, do you ever get that feeling that something has just slipped into the mainstream and now it's kind of in too deep to ask anyone what it is because everyone already knows, or at least it seems that way? Well, that's where this podcast is going to come in. We're going to discuss all of those topics that are being spoken about kind of in the media 
but maybe they just need a little bit more explanation. And hopefully I can equip us all with the tools to have these conversations about climate change with our friends and our family members in a more comfortable way. So as I mentioned, I come from a plant science background. So I'm really excited to learn about these different topics with you as I share them with you every week. So some topics I'm planning on covering are fast fashion, plant-based diets, microplastics, rewilding, greenwashing, and loads more. Because there really is loads to learn about in the space of climate change. And yeah, so let's get into it. I wanted to start the series with a buzzword that I'm sure many of you have heard or maybe even experienced. And maybe it's what brought you to this podcast and that is climate anxiety. So what is the definition of climate anxiety? Climate anxiety is also known as eco-distress, eco-anxiety, and it is defined as a chronic fear of environmental doom. Another definition that's widely used is the general sense that the ecological foundations of existence are in the process of collapse. So, not the most lighthearted start, but don't worry, it kind of goes up from here. So, a little bit of background on climate anxiety as a concept. It was first coined by the American Psychological Association in 2017. Um, one of the first people to talk about climate anxiety and who was very influential in raising awareness on the issue was the Australian environmental philosopher Glenn Albrecht. And he actually coined the second definition I just listed above. So it has been, climate anxiety as a concept has been studied since around 2007, but it's kind of said to have risen in prevalence since about 2017 due to something people call the Greta effect, which of course is Greta Thunberg coming out and talking about her own personal climate anxiety. So after that, this seemed to be something that people talked about a bit more. Um, so it's a growing field of psychology. As I mentioned, it was only really coined in 2017, so there's not a huge amount of research into it, but all the research here is recent and therefore probably still relevant, so that's good. Um, okay, moving on. There are certain psychological effects associated with natural disasters, such as PTSD, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and a lot of others, but climate anxiety is something a bit different. So climate anxiety can is kind of a fear of the future and it can affect those who haven't even been directly impacted by the effects of climate change. Okay, so it's kind of future focused. Some symptoms of climate anxiety can include things such as panic attacks, insomnia, and obsessive thinking. So obviously, climate anxiety and these things that I just mentioned are bad feelings, but it can have kind of an adaptive or a motivating effect to get people to change their behavior and change their lifestyles. However, on the flip side of that, it can also have kind of a paralyzing effect. 
So it can just stop you from feeling like anything you do will make a difference or has any impact. So it definitely does have two very alternate effects and by no means is it the case that you will only experience one of these things. I know in my personal experience with a bit of climate anxiety, both of those things definitely feature. You wake up some days and you think, okay, I'm going to change the world today. I can do everything right. And then another day you just think, oh my God, what is even the point? I should just do a 200 euros hour haul because nothing I do is making a difference. You get me? So, um, climate anxiety is kind of characterized by the uncertainty that climate change brings. Like there is no one result of climate change for us to look at. So that causes great anxiety for a lot of people. Um, another thing that I would like to mention in terms of the background uh, is something called solastalgia, which is a term that was coined by Glenn Albert, who I previously mentioned, the environmental philosopher. What a cool title. Um, this describes chronic stress people experience in response to negative environmental change particularly in relation to their home environment. So I feel that this is something that maybe the older generations experience when it comes to climate anxiety. Like Younger generations are definitely one of the more affected groups by this, and we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. And I feel younger generations are concerned for the future, while older generations may have already seen a lot of loss. So this is what concerns them. So to get into how climate anxiety is relevant in our own lives, a hundred companies cause 71% of emissions. This is a statistic that is commonly stated by climate activists. Um, I feel this can be a very disempowering statistic because when you hear that, you just think, what impact can I possibly have if that's the case? But I also think that it's the sort of information that drives mass demonstrations and causes people to vote with their money. And in a few minutes, I'll get into what voting with your money is. Uh, so climate anxiety is a growing phenomenon among younger people. In 2019, 1.6 million school-aged protesters across over 125 countries took to their streets to demand change. So this is definitely something that is on the mind, the minds of young people. A poll in the US in summer 2019 found that 57% of teenagers were concerned about climate change and were experiencing climate anxiety. So something else that's important to note in terms of where climate anxiety is relevant is that climate anxiety is something that affects indigenous people more severely. Maybe this is because these groups have a greater dependence on their natural land, or maybe it's just because they have a greater appreciation for it, but those groups are affected more by climate anxiety. So something that I see to be kind of a silver lining is that those who experience a form of eco-anxiety or climate anxiety were more than twice as likely to make changes to their lifestyle than those who do not. So at least that means if you're thinking about it and you're feeling a level of anxiety about it, that means you care. 
you know? So I feel like that's kind of a good thing. So as I mentioned, I want to touch on critiques of every topic we go into, but climate anxiety is kind of more of a feeling than a concept, so you can't really critique it. However, one thing that has been pointed out in a few studies that I feel it's important to mention is we must find ways to manage this feeling. Because if more and more people are feeling climate anxiety and are feeling the kind of paralyzing effect of climate anxiety, then that means less and less people will be mobilizing to make change and make changes in their own life. So that is kind of what I'll put into my critique section in that if you're feeling this, you need to find a way to manage it because otherwise it will paralyze you. And something else which is not a critique of climate anxiety, but I thought I should mention it here, is Grist magazine called climate anxiety the biggest pop culture trend of 2019, which seems unfair to me because this is a very legitimate fear of a very legitimate threat. <laughs> so I just thought I'd mention that there. So to put in a bit of advice about what to do if you feel some climate anxiety or maybe you don't feel it and you're thinking to yourself should is this something i should be anxious about here's some advice on how to deal with those feelings so first of all keep doing exactly what you're doing right now educate yourself and equip yourself with the tools to understand the reality of the situation rather than just thinking of it as environmental doom because i really don't think a doom mindset is the one to be in <laughs> so that's kind of a small piece of advice but i have two like tangible pieces of advice first of all make small changes so no you're not going to solve the problem by using a reusable cup or cycling instead of driving but just from an anxiety and from a personal anxiety point of view these small changes can have an impact on how you feel day to day. So if just getting up and walking to school or cooking yourself a really nice meal without meat, those small things can have an impact on how you personally feel because you know you're making a tiny difference, okay? Also, importantly, this is where you are voting with your money. So every time you bring a reusable cup to a coffee shop and ask for your coffee to be put in that, you were silently telling that coffee shop less and less people want like disposable coffee cups, you know? So you, every time you make a decision when it comes to buying something that's more sustainable, you vote with your money. And that's a really important thing to do. And that is the sort of thing that does make mass change as more and more people do it. My second tip or piece of advice on how to deal with climate anxiety is quite the opposite of that previous one, kind of, and that is allow yourself to step back. If you're starting to feel overwhelmed or you feel that this is kind of taking over your conscious mind, step back from the news, from the doom scrolling and just take a step away from all of the climate change information that's coming at us every day. So if you're about to head on your walk to wherever 
and you're about to click on that podcast about forest fires, maybe just don't and click on one reviewing your favorite movie instead. Just so that you don't get that paralyzing effect of climate anxiety. Okay? So, that is kind of the end of our first topic. This topic definitely falls under the umbrella of psychology, and some of the other topics we'll cover will be more sciencey or economic or kind of maybe commercial. So, please do suggest if you have any other psychology concepts to discuss, because this is really interesting for me to research. Um, Of course, I would love your recommendations for any other topics you'd like me to talk about. Um, You can contact me with these suggestions at my Instagram or at the podcast Instagram at climatebreakdowns.pod. All of those will be linked down below, which feels really weird to say legitimately. (laughs) So also all the sources I used for this podcast will be linked down below. And I want to give a quick thank you to my sister for the really cool cover art for this podcast. Um, I sent her a really embarrassing drawing and she made a very cool drawing out of it. Um, Please tune in next week to hear about fast fashion. And because we did a little intro at the start of this episode, the climate anxiety section was a little bit less in depth. So for our next few episodes, we'll be going into a bit more depth about what every topic is and the breakdown of it. So thank you very much. As I say, tune in next week to hear about fast fashion and goodbye.